Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcel. Welcome to the Auburn Undercover Roundtable. I'm joined by Ronnie Sanders, publisher of Auburn Undercover, and Philip Marshall, our columnist and editor emeritus. Guys, uh, uh, I'd say it's a dramatic week, but what week is never dramatic at Auburn? But this is <laughs> this this is a this is a little bit different. Uh, higher stakes, I would say. And Philip, obviously, you've been on top of this uh, through your sources. Um, I guess just for the folks listening, I know everybody kind of has an idea of what's going on. What is going on behind the scenes right now? What do we know uh, with Gus Malzahn, and why are we in this situation right now as we record this on a Wednesday afternoon? Well, what I know is that uh, uh, there are negotiations ongoing. Now, exactly what they're negotiating, that's a, that's, that's a question I can't answer, and it's Raymond Harbert, who is a the chairman of the finance committee, I believe, on the board of trustees is representing the president and uh, in uh, talks, whether it's with Gus or with Jimmy Sexton or a combination of the two. I don't know. Uh, Gus has been on the road recruiting for most of this week. But, of course, in 2000 and 2018, everybody's got their phone and, you know, there can still be talking going on. But, but uh, uh you know, there was uh, uh, an offer made uh, that included a reduction of his buyout going forward, not current, going forward, and uh, and some some limits on, on on a coaching staff, what he could do as far as hiring coaches, mainly financially and paying paying buyouts, for, uh, et cetera. And uh, whether whether the possible hiring a few freeze came up in that, I don't know, but. I've been here for a long time, but that was probably not going to something that was not going to fly. So uh, I, I don't know that for sure. But I, I, I think, to be honest, that they expected he would not accept that. And he turned out was more open to it than they thought uh, he would be. And uh, so now they're negotiating whatever it is uh, they're negotiating. And uh, uh, you, you did a good thing today getting comment from the president's office, which uh, really to me said, you know, that I, I wish they would just be forthcoming and say, without giving, without necessarily giving details, yeah, we're talking about about issues, and Gus Malzahn is going to be our coach and, and go forward instead of instead of kind of you know what we said before or whatever. I, I don't really understand the reason for being as secretive as they're being. Yeah, the president's office, uh, especially this one with Steve, with President Stephen Leaf, they've been very. Uh, they, they like to be as far away from uh, the drama and any questioning as possible, which you know a lot of folks want to be. And you know, as I mentioned on the show previously, when we approached uh, President Leaf back in November, uh, you know, when Alan Green already said, "Hey, Gus Malzahn is going to be our coach next year." Well, we, we wanted to get further confirmation from the president because he's the one who's worked out this initial deal that was seven years, $49 million with a $32 million buyout. And he said, yes, I echo Alan Green. He will be the coach in 2019. And um, the president's office just echoed that, you know, we stand by what, what we said previously and everything. But to act like what's happening right now is not happening. Despite right. That's my point. You know, that's exactly it, Philip. 
to act like this isn't happening despite you reporting it. And of course, it's spreading like wildfire as people pick up on your reporting, uh, is a bit insane, <laughs> uh, in this, in this day and age. It's, it's like if you just ignore it, it'll go away. And this isn't going to go away until they actually discuss and talk about what is happening right now, why they're having these discussions. And I, I, as you said, I think, in my opinion, and from talking to some other folks, this deal, restructured deal, and everything, these, I guess these compromises that were brought to Gus Malzahn's attention were more or less to call his bluff and to see if he won't agree to them so that they could potentially fire him. Exactly. And which brings up the other question of, well, why don't you just fire him? Because <laughs> now... Gus Malzahn's going to go into a year where he's got one hand tied behind his back, potentially, depending on what they compromise on, uh, especially with the staff staffing situation, because not everybody that's on the staff wants to be here. Also, Gus doesn't want everybody that's on the staff to be here either. And now he's in a situation where he's he's got to kind of hope for the perfect game of, you know, so-and-so gets a job somewhere and they're able to work on a mutual termination so they can work on a net sum, you know, net zero sum where there's no buyout money transferred or anything like that. Right. And then he gets a replacement who makes the same amount of money or less or potentially Gus pays out of his own pocket. This is a very strange situation. My opinion, <laughs> my opinion is, is that Gus is willing to do this stuff because he doesn't believe he can go anywhere else and contend for a national title. And he believes he can still do it here, even with these compromises, because let's face it. He was already meddling with the offense anyway, and meddling yeah. with personnel anyway. And in his opinion, he can win, not necessarily by himself, but he can win with what he has already. He believes, and he just needs to go get a couple of different pieces with players and everything. Right or wrong, I think that's what he believes right now. Uh, I say that to say this. Ronnie, I mean, you're well-connected in the coaching industry. There's got to be a lot of talk amongst, amongst coaches and administrators across the country about this situation. I'm sure from the outside looking in and from talking to some people I know just in the media, this is very insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody I've talked to is has basically called me and said, what the hell's wrong with that place? And uh, so, you know, and, and and the answer is, you know, the same thing that's always been wrong with it. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a soap opera all the time. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if, if Gus can get any traction on the jobs that are out there. There aren't very many right now. You've got Georgia Tech, Texas Tech, Colorado, uh, Louisville potentially, you know, if, if Jeff Brown takes Louisville, then you'd have Purdue. But that's about it right now. Uh, Kansas State could open, um, but uh, it's 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 a mess, and everybody recognizes it's a mess, and it's going to hurt them when they get ready to, to to look for a coach, whether it's this year or next year or five years from now. Um, it, it just people look at the job and they're like, "What what's going on there?" Uh, yeah, I, think that, I think that. Uh, they're making a real mistake. Well, one is, and as I wrote today, if you want to fire, if you want to fire the guy, fire him. If you want to, uh, if you think he's, if he, you think he's the right guy going forward, then put all your support behind him and give him everything he needs and let him go. Let him go. Let him get after it. 
to do any to 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 be in between those two things, to me, is just is is completely nonsensical. It just doesn't. I don't see how anybody could ever come up with the idea that that's a good that that's a good thing. Because no matter what you think of Gus or whether you think he should be here or shouldn't or whatever, if he's here, he, you need to give it the best chance you can. And plus, you, this isn't just about next season. This is about going forward, and you have you have a couple of bad recruiting years, and you're in a heck of a you're in a heck of a hole with a lot of lot of teams in similar places in the SEC, a similar place, Texas A and M, Florida, those teams ready to rush by you in a heartbeat, and then it's going to be hard to catch up. Yeah, for all the talk we've had about Georgia you know, passing Auburn on the recruiting trail and also just what they've been able to do under Kirby Smart as a football program, now you're handcuffing the current coach to try and keep up with them, if not try to surpass them. And now you've got Gus Malzahn on the recruiting trail Tuesday night uh, unprompted, apparently, telling Luke Deal an Auburn commitment, hey, I'm going to be back next season. When's the last time a coach with a seven-year contract that's less than a year old has to come out and tell a recruiter, yeah. hey, I'm going to be out yeah. to be here next season? They're having to deal with this negative recruiting all over again about Gus Malzahn's future, even though he has this deal, and Auburn is doing him no favors by being by doing all this to him. If you're going to fire him, fire him move on and go get the coach you want if you even have a list which by the way I don't think they have a list really other than maybe Kevin Steele but beyond right. that what is your plan for the future what does this program look like 3 years from now I think Gus Malzahn at the very least has a plan of some sort or a vision I I don't know if even Auburn's administrators have a vision of what this program looks like 3 5 years from now because this football facility, number one, it needs to be built, be built no matter who the coach is, whether Who's it's Gus Malzahn, Kevin Steele, you know, Jim Levitt, whoever you hire, but, and whoever's the coach, but to say to Gus Malzahn, and, and I don't know this for certain, Hey, we're not going to build that football facility now, uh, either is ludicrous to me. I don't know that for certain either, which is why I, d- I didn't mention the football facility and anything I wrote, but, but that certainly has been out there for a while, even before last weekend, that uh, the, the football facility was kind of on hold. And that, and you're exactly right. That that's nonsensical too. It's not for. That's not about Gus Malzahn. And uh, it's about it's it's about the future of Auburn football. And I really question. And I'm not look. I'm not questioning anybody's integrity or intelligence or anything else. And uh, but I question, particularly at the very top, if there is a real understanding of, one, what football means here, two, what succeeding in football means here, which is not, which is a lot different than what succeeding in football means at Iowa State, and, uh, and what it takes to do it in a extraordinarily unprecedentedly, is unprecedentedly a word? Anyway, <laughs> unprecedentedly challenging environment. Auburn. I mean, you got Alabama 150 miles to the to the west. You got Georgia 150 miles to the east, and Texas A&M and LSU and Florida and Tennessee. All those people are committed. You better get committed too, or you're going to be looking up at all of them, not just Georgia and Alabama. 
You're exactly right. And, and, right. and not just committed to their coach, but committed to upgrading facilities. Exactly. Oh, that's what I'm talking about students. that more than anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I think it's really uh, underestimated by this administration just how important it is that they move forward with upgrading Auburn, not just from a coaching standpoint, it seems like that, that they feel like that that's the answer to everything. We'll tell Gus Malzahn to hand over the coaching reins for the offense. We'll tell him to do this. We'll tell him to do that. Well, how about you build a football facility so when recruits come to campus, they go, hey, wow. this is wow, this is awesome. This is great. Um, yep. uh, so I want to be able to be in this every day? Yeah. Um, you're not going to be in the uh, – literally the bunker downstairs, you know, in case a nuclear bomb goes off, you're going to be safe, but it's going to be in the shadows and you're going to be working in a building and, and staying in a building and being in a locker room that's been there. And since 1989, uh, putting slapping, I mean, I think the silliest things Auburn's done, and this is kind of off topic is, you know, in the athletics complex and even downstairs where the football folks are, they just slap up new graphics every few months as if it freshens yeah. up the place. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like putting a Band-Aid on, on a gaping wound. And, I mean, that building still serves a purpose, but it's not what football programs are supposed to be inside and dealing with uh, a, as a staff here in 2018. Everybody's got their own complex, and Auburn is severely behind uh, from that standpoint. And I believe – and this was before this all this stuff started with Gus – and you heard it too, Philip. We talked about this. The, the the fundraising and the idea of building a football facility has slowed, but Alan Green still believes that they're going to build it. But I just wonder now that if if they're trying to hold Gus's feet to the fire and if Gus returns, are they going to also go, you know what, let's hold off on this and wait and see what he does this upcoming season. And if they do that, that's further detrimental. You can't wait another year in my opinion because that takes a football facility that could be built within two and a half years or two years to three or three and a half years and all of a sudden you're you're looking at not only maybe the next coach but you're also looking at georgia potentially having a national championship by then yeah it's not like it's not like you and me building a house and building three yeah. or four months and uh uh i mean it takes a long time if you if, if you approved it today it would take a long time and I was told by someone who was close to it that, uh, well, Gus wants it just to be, he wants it to be like he wants it. And, uh, and, uh, he doesn't want to work with anybody else. And I said, well, my question to that was, well, does he really have the power to do that? I mean, I mean, do you have to, do you have to do what he wants to do? This football facility, like it's, it's not for Gus. It's not for Gus. It's for Auburn football. And look, there's nothing wrong with where they are now. Uh, I mean, it's not nasty or dirty or anything like that, but it is just very plain, and it is way yonder different than what their competition is. And if you're not going to keep up, you're not going to keep up. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna fall behind. And Auburn already being in a difficult, just because of where they are, in a, diff, a difficult place and who they have to play, if you get behind – uh, there's not, there's not, and there's no magic coach out there. There's no magic coach to go hire and no. say, oh, well, no. he can come right here and fix it right now. He ain't there. And, uh, well, if, they're, if they're not careful, they're going to end up like Tennessee. And exactly. 
And, and the other thing is, you know, Malzahn could have gotten anything he wanted after 2013. And assistants on his staff kept telling him, Coach, we need a football facility. Coach, we need a football facility. And he wasn't interested at the time. He wasn't interested at the time. Now, all of a sudden, he's interested, but he's, you know, obviously he doesn't have he doesn't have much power to do anything right now. You know what's interesting? I was talking to someone about that. That two, I remember that back in 2013 and asking Gus, and several of us were asking Gus, are you talking about a football facility? And he said he was fine with their their uh, complex as it was then. Uh, my understanding is is he was kind of hesitant to talk about it because he actually was making a similar push for a football facility at Arkansas State, and it ruffled a lot of feathers. And it made Gus Malzahn a little hesitant to do that early in his tenure at Auburn, even though he had just won an SEC title. So I think there was some more background to that as to why Gus Malzahn was so hesitant to bring it up at that point, which is very interesting to me. And uh, I think has put Auburn, as we've said, it's put them further behind the eight ball. They could already be in a new football facility right now for the last two years or so. If the, he could have had any, almost anything he wanted after 2013. And I think he was thinking a little bit too hard about what had happened at Arkansas state when he brought it all up and it, and it ruffled a lot of feathers and uh, ended actually led to some, uh, unhappy endings for some folks uh, that were working there uh, during that time because of all the pressure. Yeah, it certainly, well, I don't think you would have ruffled any feathers at all. In fact, I think they'd have done it. I think they would have done it. And uh, uh, they got to do it. And they don't think they, there is a tendency sometimes among Auburn people. Uh, uh, Jay Jacobs told me one time when he was the AD, he said, a guy needs to come here because he loves Auburn, not because of some some builder. I said, "Well, <laughs> a lot of these guys don't love Auburn. They not they they're just learning about Auburn. Most of the people who come to Auburn when they leave, they do love Auburn, but you can't recruit based on that. And uh, uh, and it's just I don't know. There is this hesitancy on this football complex that is just it, it's puzzling to me. It really is. I mean. And yet you can go get $16 million, which obviously is just a drop in the bucket for a football complex, to build a huge video, to put up a huge video board, uh, which uh, only made people mad. It well, accomplished uh, nothing positive. It just made people mad. Well, it's made the stadium look worse. They've got a big video board and a double-wide trailer next to it in the press box. Uh, and it, it looks it just looks atrocious from the inside of the stadium. Outside the stadium, it looks okay, but it just looks like Lego bricks they put on top of the stadium. It doesn't fit anything with that with that stadium, and they've got to renovate the stadium too. But that's money they don't want to spend. But here, here's my big thing, guys. All right, so they're they're willing to spend the thirty two million dollars, or maybe I'm, I'm guessing less, based off the, what I've been hearing, right. to buy out Gus Malzahn, right? Right. Why aren't they willing just to put that money into a football-only complex no matter what? Because in the end, they're going to have the coach a coach no matter what, and it's this means more than the coach. Why can't Auburn people get that through their heads? What what is, What is the deep-lying issue with that? Why can't people get on board with that? Is it just a few folks, or is it a few folks and it's filtering through them? Or is there something else at play here that I just don't understand from not being around Auburn longer than like the last six well, years? Well, I think there's this short guy in Tuscaloosa. 
uh, <laughs> and that uh, has kind of changed changed the dynamic of that. And uh, uh, but what what some people don't understand is before Nick Saban was ever hired, before there was ever even thought of, before Mike Shula was ever fired, Mal Moore said enough of this. Their facilities were terrible. They were worse than Auburn's are now. Even compared to the time, and said this is not what Alabama's supposed to be, and committed to to do do most of the things that have been done, the stadium and all those things, and uh, uh, and it's not like that he had all of it paid for by donations. And I know this because Mal Moore's a guy I've known since, since I was a kid, uh, so I, I, I had known and. I was sitting in his office and he was, and he was telling me about these things. And I said, well, how are you paying for it? And he said, and I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it was less than half donations. And the rest of it was a bond issue, borrowed money. I mean, that's what you have to do. If you're going to keep up, you just have to do it. And, and for business people, that's hard to swallow because it doesn't seem like it makes sense, but it's what you have to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to fall behind. And in the long run, it's going to cost you a lot more than doing it. I follow up with this, and I want to ask you this, Philip. I wasn't around, but you know the the idea of building Auburn Arena that started near the end of the Jeff Lebo era. He kind of went into a meeting thinking they were going to talk about like a facility Correct. of some sort, and, and it ended up being an arena. And it's like, oh wow, okay. And of course, wow. he never got to coach in it. And then Tony Barbie comes in as a new coach in a new building. There's some excitement there. Now we all know how Barbie ended, but short lived. Yeah, yeah. But I asked, I asked this to you, Philip. I know Bruce Pearl was desperate to get back in college basketball. He could have had the Boston College job if he wanted to. If Auburn is still playing in Beard Eves Coliseum, does he come to Auburn? I would say no. Uh, and, and there's my point. Say, and, and there's my point. The reason I, the reason I know the story about the the arena is because Jeff Lee both told it to me. He went in for a meeting with, I guess it was Richardson was still here then, the president, to talk about a uh, practice facility he had been promised when he took the job and that had not been done. And uh, he was getting a little upset about it. He went to this meeting thinking that's what he was going to talk to to Richardson about. Well, Bobby Louder, who was who was uh, who was still on board then, was sitting there, too. And he didn't know he was going to be there. So they started talking about it. He starts explaining to Dr. Richardson why they need a uh, need a practice facility. And he said he looks at, at, at Mr. Louder and he's just shaking his head. And he said, "I thought, oh well, I don't guess I, I don't guess I get the practice facility." And uh, and then Mr. Louder said, "We don't need to do that. We need a new arena." And that's a little different then than it is now because once he said that, then he knew it was happening. And uh, yeah. And it did, and I think it was a a forward thinking thing. That uh, our, our friend and acquaintance Tommy Tuberville was appalled by it. I'll tell you that. He, <laughs> he, he said, "You put that money in football, we'll never lose anymore." <laughs> and, uh, but uh, uh, but it was a you know that was again something that, that there was no you couldn't know that was going to pay off, and it didn't pay off for a good while. But it certainly is now, and and I think it also uh, had a lot to do. I, I don't know. I've never asked him. Uh, 
And if you did, he'd probably say he would have come anyway. But but I, I don't know that Bruce Pearl would have come in that old place. I don't think so. Uh, because he's talked a lot about the facility, and obviously they, they've upgraded the locker rooms and everything, but he talked a lot about how he loves the arena and the, how it feels like everybody's on top of you. He loves the coaches' offices, though I think they might uh, do something different with those in the future as well. But um, he came to Auburn and didn't really expect it to be what it was, but he heard about it and was told about the new arena and everything, and I think that sold him on it. Now, he was desperate to get back in coaching. We all know that, but he could have easily taken that Boston College job at his alma mater. Right, that's what I was going to say. But he wanted to coach in the SEC. Combine that with Auburn having a pretty nice facility and practice facility, sold him on the job, and if they were playing in Beard Eves, I don't think Bruce Pearl is your coach right now, which brings up the point to me that if you do not build a football facility right now with Gus Malzahn as your coach, you're not going to be able to go hire the next big thing. I just don't think you're going to be able to go get a big time hire three, four years down the road from now. If you are still dragging your feet as far as a football facility, Auburn is going to pay for it in the long run when it comes to bringing talent here considering what Alabama and Georgia are doing right now and you're and in terms of trying to bring a coach here and other coaches here cuz if I'm a head coach not only am I worried about the craziness that is Auburn and the way they handle coaches but I'm going okay you're doing all this and you don't have any fi- you know financial support for him as far as facilities what is the plan here what is a long range plan it doesn't seem like you have one oh yeah yeah, I've said for a long time, Brandon. I, I said this when when they were looking for a president. Auburn, Auburn, and in the Auburn athletics world, they desperately need somebody with vision. And uh, and maybe Alec Green is that guy now. I mean, I, it, he, I certainly am not prepared to say he's not. He hasn't. He's still he's still kind of feeling his way, I believe. But but somebody with some vision, the thing, the kind of things you're talking about, not just what is best, what what is not just about right now, but where. Where do you want Auburn football to be? And where the fans want Auburn football to be, have the supporters with money you want Auburn football to be, is compete for championships. And uh, and if you're going to do that, then you better keep up with the people you're going to compete with because otherwise you're not going to compete with them. Nope, no, you're not. Just, and Georgia doesn't have great facilities. They, 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 they don't have just like these glittering great facilities. But Georgia's sitting right in the middle, slap in the middle of the state that is completely loaded with players, most of whom want to play for Georgia. And they have started upgrading facilities there, though, as well. Right, uh, right. With Kirby Smart, they've they've finally started wisening up a little bit, and they finally built I'm a sure he insisted on that when he took the job, I would imagine. Certainly. And whoever the next coach is for Auburn, beyond Gus Malzahn, whether it's a, you know, next month or a year from now or two years from now or seven years from now is going to insist on the same thing. If Auburn doesn't get its feet moving. And again, as we discuss this entire saga with Gus Malzahn, there's just so many pieces to all of this. And the idea of hamstringing your coach and him, him and him accepting it is only going to put Auburn further behind the eight ball. Ronnie, is that completely unprecedented in your experience? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 take that, I take that back. I can recall one instance. Uh, Terry, Terry Bowden. 
Yeah, but it's, but it's still what I I, I I agree with that. But uh, but it wasn't as major as this. It was hey, I'd, I'd like to get this. No, you can't have that. But, but this situation is just it, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, I, I I don't know why if you want to fire him, you don't just fire him. I don't know why he accepted even discussions of, of all this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. You say, okay, we're going to keep it's it. We're going to make it harder for you to win. That doesn't make any sense at all to anybody with rational thought. It's almost like they're giving it away. They're, they're giving a year away, and even more than that because you're going to hurt recruiting for multiple years. But because anytime you have a coaching change, you, you, you're probably not, not going to sign as good a class as you were going to sign. So it's almost like you're giving a year away in order to reduce a buyout that you never should have given him to begin with. <laughs> and, well. and Stephen and Stephen Leith's future is certainly going to be uh, uh, have a much. Uh, uh, there's certainly going to be a climate change. There's going to be some global warming with Stephen Leith's no tenure. <laughs> there's no doubt, and, and I don't want anyone to say I'm, I'm, I'm saying he's getting fired. I'm not no. saying that at all. But but uh, but there is no question about it. And uh, uh, and and the the thing about it is. When he, when he got the job, he was told by people who were here and who had his best interest at heart. You might not like it, but football can mess up your presidency if you mess it up. Well, here we are. Just, just, <laughs> and, ask, uh, all the, just ask all the past presidents. Yeah. If they're still alive. But, but, you know, I mean, it's just... The football is the, football is the gateway to every SEC university. It yep. is. It is the. It is the front gate entrance. It. It. It is the. It's the. It's whether you get attracted to that university for a lot of these kids, and also it's the money maker for you, and it defines your university in a lot of ways. And for you to be handling it the way you are right now, uh, certainly leaves a lot of questions about what type of leadership and whether you understand what this job entails. In my opinion. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. Leaders, and and again, I, I kind of feel for Alan Green right now because he's I in a very too. difficult place, and uh, and he he deserves not one bit of blame for any of this, not any of it. And uh, uh, but now he's the one that's going to be left to kind of try to pick up the pieces and pull people back together to be able to try to do the things we're talking about here. That's going to be a tough job. Yeah, because his number one thing with football was trying to get this football facility off the ground, and it's uh, it's slowed down as the season progressed. And I mean, Gus Malzahn donated two million dollars to it, and meanwhile, fans are pissed off at him. Uh, uh, I can't remember what day that happened, but it happened, and they lost that same day uh, <laughs> when they when they announced it, which was yeah, it was at Tennessee. I don't know if it's it maybe it was Tennessee. Or maybe it was LSU. I can't remember. Yeah. It was one of those two games. It was a home game. They lost. Man, if it was Tennessee, goodness gracious. But um, it, it's uh, maybe Gus can get his two million dollars back and use that to get the assistant coaching. <laughs> for the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I just I, I, I wish that the the we could think we were going to get some clarity on this whole thing uh, on the record publicly. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm afraid that's not going to happen because the fact is, if they uh, until unless or until there is a 
there is something contractual done, they don't have to say anything and there will be no public record of it. So, you know, they can kind of say whatever they want to. And, uh, uh, so it's just going, it's just going to be a big mess. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's not all Gus's fault now. I mean, it really isn't. He, oh, he didn't, and, but he's going to be, but he's going to go in the next season as much as he will deny it. And as much as he will say everything's great, cause that's what he has to do, but he is damaged and there's no way around it. And, uh, uh, it just they they have created a situation that's that is in no way good and is in many ways extremely dangerous for Auburn football. I think this is the absolute worst thing that could have happened. Absolutely, and Absolutely. And, and we're watching it unfold before our eyes, and I don't think Auburn knows what to do uh, about it. I don't think they have any clue what to do, and Gus wants to stay, and I think because of his just his competitiveness and his own belief in himself, he believes he can make it work and he might be dead man walking anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't doubt that they can have a good team next year. If a few things fall into place, right. But it's, but it's not, but it's not about next year. That's the, exactly. that's the problem. The people running things have to have enough vision to see beyond next year. And, uh, and and say where is this headed? And that's what matters. And if it's not headed where you want to get head, head then you got to change directions. And and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying. Listen, I, I I don't. I've never called for anybody to lose their job, but I'm certainly not doing it now. But to go to to land in the middle here, okay, we're not going to fire him. But I mean, to me, the only choice is we're either 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 make a change. Or say he's our guy, and we're going to do everything we can to help him win, and that includes all the things we've talked about here today. Right, and, right. and if it if it continues down this road, and Gus Malzahn returns uh, and agrees to these compromises, it's going to either end badly for Gus Malzahn at some point, or it's going to end badly for uh, Stephen Leith and his administration. Because if Gus Malzahn is super successful and starts regaining power. You can be damn sure Stephen Lee won't forget feeling the wrath of it, and he won't forget it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't blame him. Bad. I don't blame him. Honestly, I don't blame. Look, you know, you can make a case. You can make a case that there are real issues, and that, that maybe they need to make a change. And you can make a case that he's won an SEC championship and a division championship, and and been seven and one in the SEC twice. I mean, you can make a case that he shouldn't. But choose one and go the other and, and, and get all in on it. I hate to do this, but how, how do you guys see this ending here uh, this month? How's this all, co- how's this all come to an end? Oh man. <laughs> I kind of think that he's, that he is uh, determined to come back and that they're not going to, the, the, and the only way that wouldn't happen would be just to, completely reverse course and say, uh, and say, well, no, we're not really going to let you come back. We really intended to fire you to begin with. So that's what, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, I could also see it in him finding another job. If there's one out there that he, that he would be comfortable with that he could get, but that's just, a, that's just kind of a wild thing. And I, I, I think he'll be, I think he will be back here next season. 
but I'm not a whole lot beyond about 51% on that. It's, I think it still has to play out. Yeah, I, I have to agree with Philip. It wouldn't shock me at all if he, if he wasn't there. It uh, looks like right now he's going to be back, but um, it's just <laughs> it's hard to get the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, yeah. He knows he's not wanted. Uh, <laughs> they don't. Want, they clearly don't want him, um, and they don't believe in him. Um, and Brandon, maybe you're right. Maybe he feels like it's his best chance to win a championship. But uh, you know, and you look at the jobs that are out there, and Auburn is certainly better than than all of them. Um, but I, I just personally, personally looking at, looking at it from a, from a purely, you know, coaching standpoint, I think he's better off, you know, saying, Hey, go ahead and fire me and taking, taking the year off. And, you know, he's coming off a, he won 10 games two years ago or last year, won seven this year. I think he can go get a really good job next year. Um, if the thing falls apart down the stretch next year while he's at Auburn, then he's going to have a much harder time getting a comfortable job. Well, of course, then we have Bob Stoops will be here, so. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, they have, you know they have a secret handshake deal, according to some. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was asked, hey, by the way, I was asked about that on the radio uh, Tuesday, and I just did what Philip did. I laughed the entire time, and I caught the radio host off guard, and I just said, next question. <laughs> well, like you're going to leave a job where where you play about two games a year you can lose, and you got a clear path to the college football playoff, and then a year later you say, I think I'll go, I don't think I'll go set up shop right between Alabama and Georgia and Play Texas A and M and LSU and Florida and I, I mean, how would that make any sense? And that's not knocking Auburn. I mean, that's just that's just I mean, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if Gus Malzahn, if they did not provide him a timetable of any sort, he stretches this out and uh, weighs his options, uh, whether it's over the next week or two. Um, and sees what what jobs come open, and talks to his family, of course, and then also his agent and other aid, other people uh, representing other schools potentially, and also see how recruiting works out here because he's got Kelly Bryant on campus this weekend, and you swing and miss on him, and then all of a sudden you got what you have at quarterback next season. Maybe that weighs on Gus Malzahn's mind too. Um, you know, both sides of the table hold some power in this, but if they haven't given Gus a timetable, Gus should utilize all the time he wants to figure out what he wants to do. Right. You know, Kelly Bryant, uh, from from the Auburn standpoint, I guess it's a good thing. He he really doesn't need to he, – he's not worried about four years. He's not worried about whether whether Gus will be here for his entire career or not. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a one-and-done guy, so – as long as he's as long as Gus is here when he's here, then that's all that really gonna matter to him. Uh, though I, I tell you what, now Khalil, uh, the kid at Arizona, Khalil, Khalil Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Taylor. yeah. If he's if yeah. he if he's looking, man, he's a dynamic player, or he was before Kevin Sumlin got hold of him. Uh, but uh, but no, but I, I agree with you, and I don't know. And the thing about it is, like I said, that we we can. It's, it's going to be very difficult if they if Auburn will not will not uh, publicly say okay here's where things stand here's what we're doing here's what we've done then 
they're going to continue, I'm afraid, to live in their dream world, but it won't get out. And we all know it will. And, uh, and then they'll get mad. But, I mean, I just, this whole thing, the, the, the whole notion of, okay, we're going to make him this offer. He'll never take this. And then I'll be able to say I tried and we'll fire him. I mean, come on. People don't even believe it. It's so, it's so bizarre. People say, that couldn't really happen. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, good. If you don't, oh, but it can. If you don't, if you don't want him fired, exactly. It's that simple. It's that simple, and and it's not going to be cheap to fire every year from now either. If that's what you do, I mean. So, I mean, I don't know. This is what happens when you don't have strong leadership, and you're also exactly. allowing a trustee member and a relatively new school president who has not been around Auburn for very long, handle all this situation after which they decided to give him a huge buyout the year before. This is uh yeah. unprecedented t- territory and uh, they, the two of them are on the hook for all this and this is how they think they're going to fix it. And uh, if I'm Alan green, I'm sitting in my office steaming right now. I'm sitting in my office thinking, you know, Buffalo's getting ready to go to a MAC championship game, and everybody's excited. <laughs> the basketball team's nationally ranked. What am I doing here? How did I get here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, got to be thinking. He's got to be thinking. What in the hell have I gotten myself into? Because yeah. he inherited a situation where, you know, he didn't make the deal, and now he can't. Now he can't fix it. Um, it's 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 a mess for him. You got to feel bad for him. Definitely. Well, guys, that's going to do it for the Auburn Undercover Roundtable. A lot of Gus Mouse on talk. Picture's still unclear in a lot of ways, but we know what uh, happened behind the scenes on Sunday, and we're still awaiting uh, uh, word and what's going to happen. Gus Malzahn's leaning toward accepting that compromise deal of sorts, but you never know. Um, And I say that because at, at Auburn, you never know. Never, ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned to AuburnUndercover.com for full coverage. Philip and uh, myself, I'll, I'll try my best, but Philip will be all on top of it. And, of course, Ronnie Sanders is connected like no one else uh, in the coaching industry on the 24-7 Sports Network. So make sure and check us out at AuburnUndercover.com. Until next time, we'll see you guys down the road.